Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. I'm just a shot away from you. And if you leave, We're four days away from game one. Suns Clippers still don't have a time. I guess we're just waiting for... Oh, we do have a time. When do we get a time? Last night. No. 5 o'clock. 4.30 okay. pregame. On the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. Listen Boy, to it here. Alright, well, that actually changes my plans for Sunday. Some metaphorical pie in the face right there. Uh, not even metaphorical. Bam! Take that. Yes. Let me start over. Ready? Yeah. All right, four days till Sunday. Game one, Suns Clippers. That game obviously starts at 5 o'clock. Everybody knows that. 4.30 pregame. Number of the world. Right here. Yes, okay. Uh, Ish Wainwright was on Burns and Gambo yesterday. And I will reiterate, we there's a pretty good chance we're going to have a Suns player on in the final hour of the show today. Oh, now there's a tease, Luke. But I can't tell you who. Yes. I right. feel like it's one of two players. But I can't Surprise! tell you um, Ish Wainwright was on with Burns and Gambo yesterday, so I'm guessing it won't be Ish Wainwright. And okay. he talked about uh, he talked about Kawhi. I mean, <laughs> talk about all the different X factors and potential ways the Clippers are dangerous. The biggest one is still Kawhi Leonard. He's a monster, but I'm, all due respect, like I'm I'm still a young player, but I, I respect those guys because those guys have won championships. Those guys know what it takes to win. Wow, how about that right there? Knows what it takes to win, of course. You know what? Respect. My young crunk, uh, crunk brothers, it's so important that you respect. You, you show respect. When you show respect to others, you are doing exactly what you must. You, you, when you show respect to others that have come before you, it is. it says so much about you as a person. It's amazing. It really is. And your character is going to be shaped by that. And then you can apply that character to whatever sport it is that you're trying to succeed in. Respect is critical. It's the guys that have all the talent and don't respect anybody else around them. Those are the guys that are out. At some point in time, it doesn't matter what kind of setting you're in. It could be in college. Those are the guys that are out of the program. Or it could be with a professional team. Those are the guys that are out, team to team, constantly bouncing. To me, I love that. Ish Wainwright has got respect. That's who he is as a person, by the way. Uh, here's more from uh, from Ish talking about the Suns and how prepared they are now for this uh, the series. Again, you got to remember it's different this year. Last year they were the one seed, 64 wins, but you didn't even know who your opponent was. You, you still at this point wouldn't know who your opponent was. I mean that it's the one thing about the play in, and and I don't think it matters enough where they need to like address it. I don't know how you could. But the last team that you know is the eight seed, right? Uh, just by the way it plays out. Last night's games, okay, we know who the yeah. seven seed is. Tonight's right. games, okay, we know who's out. And then the the final round of the play, and we'll figure out who the eight seed is. So if you're the one seed, you don't even know who you're playing until the last possible second. But Ish Wainwright said uh, this year, the Suns obviously know it's the Clippers. They are prepared. We're prepared. We're going to be prepared. We have practice tomorrow, guys. Are, guys are in the gym. They have been in the gym. No matter if they're like sitting and you know resting and stuff like that, or you know they're in the gym. KD and CP was just in the game, and just in the gym. I'm talking about a full fledged workout. Really? Yes. Like today, just yes, now. Just like, today. like just, you know, just, just today. today. I worked out. Then they got on the court and worked out. And I'm talking about the old, their whole demeanor, their whole attitude and face race. Everything is just different. Like I said playoff basketball is ten times different. 
and then add KD to the mix. I mean, yes. I, I don't think we, I, I know it's been talked about, but mm. I, I think it gets lost sometimes because KD's the flashy new toy that the Suns have, and KD's so good on the floor, and oh, when is KD going to play, and all these different things. Oh, they gave up Mikel for KD, but look how amazing KD... How about the fact that he's a two-time Finals MVP yeah. in his prime on right. your team? Okay. When's the last time the Suns had a two-time Finals MVP in their prime on the Suns? Yeah, one of I the things... I don't remember it ever no, happening. No, you're, you're exactly right on that, Luke. Uh, can I also say right now, too, I'm just listening to Ish Wainwright. I think we'd all agree the number one guy off the bench campaign is the biggest question mark right now. We look at campaign and think campaign has really got it. Maybe, uh, maybe you don't, Luke. What's the one guy you think of, the import of coming off the bench? What is the one guy you're going to think of? For me, it is campaign. Maybe it's somebody else. No, I mean, it's been campaign for me all season. I would say it's a little bit less definitive. But when I, if I want to look at somebody else and say, oh, it's Landry Shamit or it's Terrence Ross, yeah. it's, it's, it, there's, there's, there are guys on that bench that could replace other guys on the bench. You know what I mean? If, if, TJ Warren's playing, he doesn't have a good game, well they'll just go to Terrence Ross. Right. If camp if they need campaign and he's not playing well, they don't have another campaign. Yeah, I just think of campaign when I think of a guy that is going to be a fulcrum player coming off the bench for the Phoenix Suns. And I also think a close second, closer than I thought, was Ish Wainwright. Because Ish has got the it, if you will. He's got the ability to actually be a physical presence and a guy that will play physically he's a former football player and you can see it with Looks his shoulders like yeah. look he, he, Looks like he still it. plays football oh yeah somebody give me the mouth guard and the u-ring and let me go out there and land base somebody that uh, that is that is the the element that ish wainwright brings to this team and i think this series in particular i think Ish Wainwright is going to play an important role off this bench. We'll see. Uh, here's one more from Ish talking about Kevin Durant, Devin Booker getting upset when the bench guys don't shoot the ball enough. Is there a reluctance to shoot the ball when you're playing with no, guys they, like that? They tell us shoot the ball. They do. They tell but, you to shoot. But KD almost put me in a headlock the other day. I said, "Bro, you can't cock the you can't cock the trigger and not and not pull it." I said, really? I got you. My fault. My fault, bro. I'm sorry. He was upset you. with you for he was not up, shooting. Yes, he was upset with me. It was a fast break too, and so you know me. I'm so used to seeing those guys pull up, and I'm like, okay, when I get in this game, I know what to do. I know not to shoot certain shots. Right. And him and Book, like, I thought they were going to beat me up or something. They were like, bro, you can't talk the trigger and not pull it. Shoot the ball. I said, I got you. So got these you guys are no, encouraging you to shoot. And, that, and that's, that's one thing that, that helps us out as a second group and everyone else. Like, they want us to shoot. They, they're like, bro, shoot the ball. This, is, th- this team is like, you know how you go to a game and the fans are screaming, like, shot clocks running down, and the fans are like, shoot. Like, you're able to shoot the ball, right? Yeah. With the Suns, that's Devin Booker and Chris Paul, and apparently now Kevin Durant to everybody else. And look, Devin Booker to Chris Paul. Hey, Chris, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when Cam Johnson was here? Hey, Cam, shoot. Like, Devin Booker wants his teammates to shoot. That's that the is, one thing we've learned about him. That is beautiful right there when you have that kind of leadership and that's part of their culture it's part of who they are right this is a team this is not about me says Kevin Durant this is not about me says Devin Booker this is part of we this is part of a team and I love the fact that they model that for everybody else that's exactly what I'm talking about modeling when you go around shoot the ball ish what are you doing I I mean can you imagine that right now I remember, this is on a very small scale, basically. It's very, very small scale. But I remember making a block for O.J. Anderson 
and it was my rookie year in 1985. O.J. Anderson, Google O.J. Anderson, ladies and gentlemen. You want to talk about a stud, just an absolute stud running back. And I made a nice block for him. And he came back, and he was dapping me up. And he he knew I was a young rookie, and he was, like, saying, that's on, Wolf, that's on you. That's on you. That's why I ripped that for 50. That's on you. I'll never forget the way that made me feel. (laughs) When you got KD and you got D-Book saying, shoot the ball-ish. Shoot the ball. You know, you can't cock the trigger and not pull the trigger, right? Uh, That just reminds me of that. That is, again, these guys that are modeling the culture for everybody else saying that to Ish Wainwright. I love it. Uh, More Suns, obviously, throughout the show. And like I said, we are looking to have a player on in the final hour of the show. Also, check out Kellen Olsen. We referenced uh, part two of his Suns Clippers preview, but he just dropped part three within the last hour looking at the X Factor uh, on the the Clippers. So uh, maybe actually it's the X Factor for the series. So uh, he is on the Clippers, but I'm not going to tell you who. Go read the story. Phoenix Suns back in the playoffs. We are giving you the chance to score the hottest ticket in town. Suns playoff tickets. Just text ticket to 620-620. Register and listen for your name today during the 12 o'clock and 5 o'clock hours for your chance to qualify for Game 1 tickets to see the Suns take on the Clippers on Sunday. Again, that's ticket to 620-620. We come back. Which NFL draft prospects hold the skills that matter the most to you? We're going to get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I love this. ESPN did this last year, Wolf. And uh, Aaron found it for today. It's perfect. Perfect way to look at the draft. Now, I remember how we did this last year. And I remember thinking, oh, this is a brilliant plan. How we're going to do this. It's going to be a game show the way we're going to do this. Yeah, I thought I had remembered in the pre-show prep meeting and then realized I did not remember. Well, and I remember thinking, like, it was so good. Why didn't it win a lot of radio Emmys? Right. And then I remembered that you broke the game. So uh, I'm going to see if you break the game again this okay, year. Okay, that's good. All right, so ESPN went through and they did the best prospect at 53 different skills. So the NFL draft, it's not, it's not, hey, who's the best quarterback? It's the best prospects at 53 different skills. Wow, okay. That's a lot of skills out there, that's, too. Yeah. Imagine having 53 different skills. Um, do they have baddest man on the field skill? See, you're already... <laughs> do do no, they have that? No. They don't have, okay. You don't get to pick. The, you don't go on Jeopardy and be like, here's the categories I want to answer. Do I... Is there a break another player's sternum skill? That's the no, 54th that, okay, one. That's, that's coming out tomorrow. Okay, yeah, when they, actually, maybe they do. I, to be fair, yeah. I have not controlled f uh, break sternum. I, I can't wait to see what the skills are. Okay. I, I can't wait to see that. So I'm going to give you, we decided, we're going to do two or three, Aaron. You want to do two? Would two? Okay. So I'm going to give you two skills. Two for, skills. For a, so we're going to start off with pass rushers. Okay? The number of duality, of course. <laughs> I'm going to give you two skills. You tell me which one of those skills would be more important to you for a pass rusher. And then I'm going to fire off the draft capsule of who that person is. Okay. 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 Right. 
So How many skills are you going to give me? I'm going to give you two. <laughs> you just have to choose the number of duality. This is great. Yes. You just have to yes. choose. There is no. black and white, Basinonians. <laughs> there is up and down. It started. There is right and wrong. It was going to be five. Duality then it was going to be four. Then it was going to be three. Then it was two. And you were like, how many? Okay, right. <laughs> no, I missed two. the two. Okay, All right. I missed that part. So, let's, so these are pass rushers, okay? I'm okay. just going to give you two traits. Now, okay. last year I gave you two and you looked for a third that wasn't on here. So I'm going to give you two. Right. Uh, Do you want best speed to power or do you want fastest closing speed? Ooh, man, I love this. (sighs) Speed to power. Give me speed to power. Always speed to power. All right, here we go. Tyree Wilson, Edge, Texas Tech. Versatility is the name of Wilson's game. He spent most of his time playing outside linebacker while at Texas Tech, leading the Red Raiders in sacks despite an injury-shortened season. But scouts project he will do better in the NFL as a defensive end. His massive wingspan is his signature physical attribute, paired with his six foot six, two 275-pound frame. Scouts say there's room for improvement in his speed and agility, as he is not not all that quick to change directions on the field, but they think he has what it takes to be an impact rotational player right away. NFL comp, Ziggy Ansah. Okay, speed to power right there. I don't honestly think of Tyree Wilson when I think of speed to power. Really? Yeah, I don't. Okay, well. Interesting. Who put this out, by the way? I mean, this... ESPN. Oh, it's pretty reprehensible. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Ever heard of him? Yeah, yeah, I have, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, all right, let's try another one. Okay, so you took speed to power over closing speed. Let's try uh, specifically on the defensive line, okay? Okay. Do you want most powerful or do you want most physical? Oh, 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 oh. oh this that's is a the, good oh, this one. This is the internal ultimate that struggle for Wolf. so good right there. Think about it, base <laughs> needs right now. Do you want power out of your butt gut? you want power out of your big, hairy, nasty? Is that what you want right there? His, have you ever seen a man who's 330 pounds plus, ladies and gentlemen? Have you ever seen that? Maybe 340, 350 as they creep up right there. Their belly button is literally the size of a frying pan, just so you know. <laughs> Makes me never want to use a frying pan um, again. Okay, so powerful or physical? This is hard. Stop it. Why? We, okay, physical. because it's hard. Give, give me physical. I knew you were going to go want, physical. I know. All I right. want I want somebody nasty. It's okay, so a final answer. Powerful or physical? You're going physical. Physical. Jalen Carter, defensive tackle, Georgia. You've probably heard the name Jalen Carter for many reasons this draft season. The six foot three, three hundred and fourteen pound defensive tackle out of Georgia has been at the center of media attention after being arrested on misdemeanor charges for his alleged involvement in a deadly car accident. While final details on the case are yet to come out, and Carter stating he will be fully exonerated when they do, the former projected number one overall pick will still bring the power, quick first step and violent hands that helped him lead the Georgia Bulldogs to the fewest rushing yards allowed per game in 2022. Oh, and also their second national championship in as many years. NFL comparison, Titans defensive lineman and two-time All-Pro second teamer Jeffrey Simmons. Okay, I'm sorry, but I'm going to break it again. I'm going to break it again right now. Honestly, I I, I don't think of Jalen Carter when I think of, of that. Physical. When I think of a guy that is physical, based on means, I think of a guy you never have to tell to get ready to go play and rip somebody's face off. And I think Jalen Carter, you do have to tell him that. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
I there are some plays. I I don't I don't think of a guy. I don't think of a guy that takes plays off, chooses to take plays off, as being a physical player. He might be wildly talented, wildly capable of being physical from time to time. But I don't think a guy you've got to tell or watch every play to see if he's being physical is physical. Does that make sense? That's fair. Um, Let me tell you what was behind door number two. Most powerful was Lucas Van Ness of Iowa. And earlier, fastest closing speed where you took speed to power. Speed to power was Tyree Wilson. Fastest closing speed was Will Anderson. I think we have time for one more. You want to do one more for pass rushers? Yeah. Okay. Just make it will. You <laughs> you can either have quickest first step or you can have best hand usage. Oh, well, it's not even close. Give me the hands. Okay, here we go. Nolan Smith. Edge, Georgia. After winning a national championship with the Bulldogs in 2021, Smith seemed poised to break out in 2022 and improve his draft stock. That all ended after he suffered a season-ending torn pectoral muscle halfway through the year. At the Combine, he impressed scouts with a 4.3940, which displays his speed that allows him to make tight cuts and track the ball in pursuit with efficiency. While his 6'2", 238-pound frame does help with his speed, it does hurt him when working against experience and talented offensive linemen who are bigger than him. Still, he's a great pickup for NFL teams in need for an aggressive and quick pass rusher. NFL comp, San Francisco 49ers edge, Samson Ebukam. Door number two. Do you want to know what door number two was before you talk? Yeah. Door number two, quickest first step was uh, Kalijah Kansi from Pittsburgh. Okay. So there you go. You know what? Um, go watch a reel of Chandler Jones, Bassetonians. He does not have the fastest first stop. He doesn't. You know what he's got? A lot of Jedi hand movement that I am going to take you down. You watch Chan with his hands, man. That is what has allowed him to be the great pass rusher that he has been for so long. Chandler Jones, I think a hands man immediately. And it's no surprise when you think of his brother as an ultimate fighter. Uh, we're gonna play this again later. You want to do it with uh, oh, we'll play it with uh, with, uh, with coverage with corners? Okay, cool. We'll do that later on. In the yeah, because this was. I, I honestly, I would just do this for the next three hours. <laughs> uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. Coming up next, we got D backs and Brewers, and it is an early start, so we're gonna give you the keys to the game. That's uh, it's next with the D backs on deck show. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. We're checking in on the Diamondbacks as they warm up for the game's first pitch. D-backs on deck, brought to you by Sonic Drive-In. Drive into your nearest Sonic location for the Super Sonic Double Stack Cheeseburger. For a limited time, only at Sonic. And by 72 Sold. 72 Sold. Get a higher price for your home. Yeah, you might have been asking yourself, hey, why haven't you guys talked about the D-backs yet today? Because we know how much you guys like to talk about the Diamondbacks. Well, Wolf, we were saving it right now for the D-backs on deck show. They got an early game coming up, so that's a good way to quickly put what happened last night where Merrill Kelly had the six-inning no-hitter that evaporated into a 7-1 loss. Just put that behind you real quick. Well, that was bad, wasn't it? That was rough to watch right there. Merrill Kelly with a no-hitter through six innings. And then you go out there and you just hit the wall. 
is what he did, and the wheels came off quickly for Merrill Kelly in that seventh inning. 12-40 game at Chase Field. Doesn't it feel like, because I'm sure people are driving to that game right now, doesn't it feel like when you get to go to a day game on a weekday that you've like, it's the ultimate life hack? Yeah. Hell yeah, everybody else is at life work. Hack. It, it's It's like life. you. It, yeah. When we do the show and then there's a company meeting going on out there and you're like, <laughs> we didn't have to go. That's what it's like when you go to a baseball game at 1240 on a Wednesday. Yeah. Everybody else is at work or school and you're just watching baseball. It's so cool uh, being on the air when everybody else is in a meeting and you have to sit up in your chair and act like you're uh, you're listening and you're, boy, this is really important to me. I'm going to ask a question. You know, I'm going to ask a question just to let them know how involved I am. I'm just saying. It, I'm with Sit you. Sit down, Joe. It's, it's, Sit down, quick. It's cool when they when they have the meeting when they have a meeting and we're doing the show and we don't have to go. Except now they do 100 percent of the meetings when we're on the air. Yeah, and that makes me a little. Nervous. Yeah, that, that does. You know. Yeah. Well, now what? We, you're saying we've got a problem? I, I, it? You I'm, don't like me? You don't want me at the meeting? Okay, uh, I'll stop asking questions. Would I make then. you laugh like a clown or what? <laughs> All right, let's do the pitching matchup because this might be the, the greatest pitching matchup in the history of pitching matchups. Dre Jameson. First start of the year for the D-backs. If you remember, Mike Hazen was on with us last week. And by the way, we're going to have uh, Amiel Sade on uh, in just a little bit here today in about 15 minutes. Hazen was on last week. And we asked him about Dre Jamison. He's like, yeah, we're kind of keeping him in that that long relief role, though, just in case. So he's stretched out so he could be our sixth starter if we need one. Well, it turns out they need one. So he is starting. And that's great. Excited to watch him pitch. Wolf, he made an impression on us when we were interviewing him out at uh, spring training. But I'm really just excited to say the name of the Milwaukee pitcher. Why? Jansen Junk. <laughs> Jansen Junk is going to get the ball. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. I think this is his first start with the Milwaukee Brewers. Is that correct? He sounds like the pitcher, like the really intimidating pitcher on the other team in the yes. movie. Okay, like, yes. If you're going to win the title, you got to go through Jansen Junk. And you know what he throws? He throws junk. Yeah, and uh, I, honestly, you got to be kidding me. For a pitcher to be named that? Can you imagine if this guy has a great career going forward? Yeah, can you imagine? Oh, Jansen Junk. Oh, that guy, he's got some junk. You know, I mean. We, we both just made the low-hanging fruit uh, Yes, joke. of course. I, I get that. But right now, Jansen Junk, he's pitched 8.1, 8 and a third. Is that what it is? 8 and a third innings at the major league level? No, he's, he pitched a little bit for the Angels, didn't he? Yeah, for that's, oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, okay. No, yeah, I, I, I'm, I have him at 24 and two thirds innings. Okay, in his there you go. I must be looking at year. something wrong, even though I'm looking at ESPN right now. Well, it's probably stats. after you shot down their Jalen Carter. Uh, okay, let's analysis. just put it this way: uh, Jansen Junk is relatively inexperienced. Ron Wolfley reporting <laughs> between eight and a third and 24 and two thirds innings in his career. By the way, uh, Dre Jameson is also a guy that is carving out his way at the major league level. So this is going to be really interesting to see what happens on this day. Uh, it's a big one for the D-backs, too, to bounce back after last night. The the good teams don't string a lot of losses together in a row, and so far their longest losing streak of the season is one, so you'd like to keep it that way for as long as you can. Let's get to today's injury report. It's brought to you by the Arizona Department of Health Services. The first step to help is three numbers away. Call, text, or chat 988 to access the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Uh, for the injury report for the D-backs, they just reinstated Scott McGuff from the paternity list, Wolf, so he's not hurt. Uh, and then they optioned uh, Carlos Vargas to AAA Reno after the game last night. So that's, that's a relatively quiet injury report. Relatively. 
so far uh, at this point in the season, which you would hope. Yes, no, absolutely. We're going to take that and we're going to put that in the positive category right now. Um, The wheels coming off last night, it was a great reminder to the game of baseball and just how long the season is and what a grind it truly becomes right now. I don't know why I feel this way, Basinonians, but Luke and I have been talking about it for many, many days now in regard to the Arizona Diamondbacks getting off to a good start and why I feel like it's important. Uh, I, I say that because of all the young guys on this team, right? And young guys like Dre Jamison, who's going to take the ball today for the Diamondbacks and go out in what kind of outing is he going to have? But, you know, you, you never know what to expect from this team. And that's one of the great things about it. I love it on a day-to-day basis. It is the soap opera because of all these young guys that they have that are trying to carve a career out, trying to carve their life out, if you will. I mean, I remember what that was like for me as a football player. That rookie year trying to stick and know that you belonged and how important that was. Man, are you going to have a career where you can actually support your family? Are you going to have a career where you can actually change your life going forward? Uh, i That's all a question mark for guys like Dre Jameson right now. I, I love that. Man, I can't talk about it enough. It's one of the reasons why. I love watching this team is because of all those young guys. Uh, you'll like this. The MLB standings presented by Desert Wholesale Diamond. Desert Wholesale Diamond, honored to be a part of your big life moments for over 32 years. So the standings in the NL West, Wolf, D-backs, 7-5, Padres, 7-5, Dodgers, 6-6, six six, Giants, 5-6, Rockies, 5-7. <laughs> the Rockies still 5-7 right now. Ron Wolfley reporting. Uh, somebody give me a script where I can actually read that. <laughs> the Colorado Rockies slid the shorts on. They're five and seven at the bottom of the NL <laughs> West. By two big games. What a beautiful thing that is. <laughs> if people don't uh, totally know Wolf's, um, I don't know. I don't know, it's, I don't know how would you even describe? Your, yeah, dislike's yes. a good way to describe his uh, his dislike of the Rockies. It is because of. Troy Tulowitzki. Yeah, right. It's it's a long story. We we've <laughs> talked it? about it many many times. Okay. In the I still past don't understand right it, now. but that's fine. You know, you have to wonder uh, how the Dodgers are feeling right now. The Arizona Diamondbacks basically um, own them, I would say, and now they're five hundred. They're kind of struggling. I would. Assume. I think the Diamondbacks may have actually damaged some of the confidence inside that clubhouse. You can only assume the Dodgers are saying, "Hey, at least we only play the Diamondbacks five more times this season." <laughs> All right, let's get to the keys How to the game. How sweet is that? Listen, man, I need you to be the key master. I am the key master. Arizona Sports, the home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. D-backs, keys to the game. Driven by trucks only, the Valley's number one independent dealer and home of the lifetime engine warranty. All right, Wolf, uh, my key to the game, in addition to, you know, you get a win today, you stop the bleeding at just one loss, and all of a sudden, okay, yeah, we lost. We lost to Corbin Burns. That's understandable. He's one of the best pitchers in the National League. Be nice to get the Jansen junk early in the game. He hasn't pitched yet this year. And um, I know you said eight and a third career innings. It is 24 and two-thirds, but eight and a third last year. So it's not like he's pitched a lot at the major league level. And if you can get to him early, get into their bullpen, makes life a lot easier for Dre Jamison. 
No, it does. And this is something that you'd love to see some of these young hitters be very, very aggressive and getting to Jansen, getting to junk. I, I would love to see that. I'd love to see them be aggressive early, especially early, because you know junk wants to go out there and do what? Throw strikes. That's so important for a young guy that is trying to make his way. You need to be aggressive. I'd love to see them be aggressive early on. He's probably going to try to throw those strikes early in the count. I'd love to see these young Diamondback hitters like Corbin Carroll and Alec Thomas jump all over that. Be aggressive. First pitch swinging. I'd love to see it. All right, I got the lineup here for the D-backs. You ready for it? We're yes. Do it real quick before we hit the break. Uh, lead off, Josh Rojas playing third. Batting second, playing second, Cattell Marte. Okay, can I just say first of all the Josh Rojas thing? I didn't like him actually leading off. Now I love him. Next, well, he's hitting like four hundred. Okay, I like I like when Josh Rojas hits the leadoff. Uh, batting third, DH Lourdes Gurriel. Okay. Clean up first base, Christian Walker. Okay. Uh, batting fifth, left fielder Corbin Carroll. Okay, Corbin. I kind of like this. What's coming up? Okay, so you go fifth, sixth, seventh. You go left, right, center. Corbin Carroll, Jake McCarthy, Alec Thomas. Just put them all right in a row. Yes. Yeah, I like that. Uh, batting eighth, shortstop, Geraldo Perdomo. Batting ninth, catcher, Jose Herrera. Man, that is the one thing right now. The shortstop position. Has that, pre- has that presented a spark for the Arizona Diamondbacks? You better believe it. That is the one position right now. Nick Ahmed just raking. <laughs> okay, and Perdomo, not bad either, of course. Yeah, Jordan Lawler somewhere must be like, hey, um... <laughs> the position I play is the one position that just consistently you've got one and two guys hitting the ball right now. Uh, Perdomo's hitting three sixty eight, and he's not considered a hitter. All right, uh, so that was D backs on deck. When we come back, though, we're gonna we're gonna stick with the D backs. What has stood out to Amil Sade in the first twelve games of this baseball season? We're gonna ask the D backs senior vice president and assistant GM. He'll join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You've been listening to D backs on deck. Brought to you by Sonic Drive-In. Drive into your nearest Sonic location for the Super Sonic Double Stack Cheeseburger. For a limited time, only at Sonic. And by 72 Sold. 72 Sold. Get a higher price for your home. The home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Diamondbacks front office focus with Wolf and Luke. All right, we got D-backs Brewers today at 1240 Chase Field. And uh, joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line to talk about the start of the season is D-backs Senior Vice President and Assistant GM, Amiel Sade. Uh, Amiel, thank you for the time. How's it going? It's going great. How you guys doing? Doing good, doing good Amiel. We uh, we're we're enjoying this season for a lot of different reasons so far, and and one of the things that has stood out to me at least is the fact that uh, you're obviously going to lose baseball games over the course of the year. But when so far when you guys have lost, you've responded with a win uh, every time. What what has really stood out to you so far? Uh, yeah, I think that that's a good that's a good point. I mean, there's some resiliency in this team. I think when you when you take a bunch of young players and put them, you know, with no history in the NL West and put them out together, and um, they're they're pretty resilient. They don't they don't know, you know, they haven't been around the team for the last few years, and um, and I think they think, you know, they believe they're going to win. So um, yeah, I mean, hopefully hopefully today we come back. I mean. 
Uh, obviously, Merrill pitched really well last night, and and it didn't didn't go our way in the seventh inning. And you know, turn the page and hopefully come back and um, do what we did over the weekend um, today. Amiel, you know, how do you evaluate the season? Do you break it down into chunks of twenty games or fifteen or ten? How do you evaluate the season overall? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think it's it's too hard to say like chunks of 20 or, or, or just really like try to pinpoint exact number of games. I mean, I think in, in the past few seasons, we've played really well in April and then we didn't play as well in May or June. And um, I think one of the important things is just to see that level. And I, I, I use this word a lot, but just to see that level of consistency. So, um, you know, it's it, hopefully we continue to play really well and um, have good consistent at bats and they're going to be, you know, and same thing with the pitching and they're going to be days where you're going to run into Corbin Burns and he's throwing like the Cy Young pitcher that he is, but um, bouncing back and, and, you know, coming out and doing what we've done um, really most of the season, most of this year, I think that's important. So just, just looking at players and there are going to be slumps and there are going to be bad yeah. innings, um, but how they bounce back. Yeah, you know, Amiel, like, I think it's important. This is just me watching and looking from the outside in. I think it's important with a lot of these young guys to get off to a good competitive start, you know, to to be a team that can compete. I, I think that's important. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think winning early gives them a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and saying, like, okay, we, we, you know, we went into L.A. and we split. We took three or four from L.A. And, like, gives them a little bit of confidence, too. And and I think when we, when you have a lot of young guys in the lineup, they're not all going to be hitting it, hitting on the, hitting at the same time in the same cylinder. Um, I think one of the things that's really important is that a few of them pick the other two up. Right. When, when, if Jake's not hitting, um, you know, Corbin is, if Corbin's not hitting Moreno is, if Moreno's not hitting Thomas is. So like, I think we've seen early on, Perdomo's gotten off to a good start. Moreno's done pretty well. Um, you know, a lot of our young hitters have kind of held their own. Uh, there could be some ups and downs, but it is important to kind of get off and, and really have some success. Talking to Amiel Sade, uh, Amiel, one of the guys that, that, kind of gets almost lost in the shuffle when you talk about this team. Everybody talks about Corbin Carroll and the, and the, the new young hitters, or you talk about like a, a vet like uh, Christian Walker, you talk about the pitching. But Josh Rojas is hitting like 400 over the last week, right up there around 370 for the season. I know it's early, but still, he's batting leadoff today. Does he get enough credit in your mind? I mean, what, what do you think of, of what Josh Rojas does for your team? Yeah, I don't think Rojas gets enough credit um, anywhere. I think um, nationally, people don't even uh, don't recognize. I think in, in, it, obviously here in Arizona, we we appreciate him, but nationally, I don't think he's appreciated nearly as much as he should be. He is um, he's kind of the 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 player that revs our engine. Um, you know, he comes up in every big moment um, when you need him. He's he usually has really good at bats. He's um, he plays the game really well. His defense this year has been excellent. He's we worked really hard on that this off season and in spring training. And then you know I think when we, when we when we need a double, this guy comes up and he ropes a double down the line or into right center and um, he steals bases. He does everything really well and he's such a good player. Um, he sets the tone for our offense and um, and really has started to set the tone for our defense too on the infield.
Amiel, I'm not going to ask you who your closer is, okay? <laughs> Just, I'm not going to do that, Amiel. <laughs> but I am going to ask you, do you like the productivity you've got out of your closer position so far? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the most important thing is not who's back there. It's how it's getting done. And so, uh, you know, if we're closing games, that's, it doesn't matter who's closing games. I know um, some people want to have, and I know Tori's talked about this, like um, it's going to be matchup-based, and he's, he's shown some of that this year. Um, but it's been, it's, it's been nice to see the first uh, 12 games that we've come, back, come out there and we've slammed the door for the most part in almost every game. And, um, and there's, a, there's a trust in a lot of the relievers in the back end, and, and that's important. They're talking to Amiel Sade. Uh, Amiel, nobody was was worried about Zach Gallon. I don't think after two starts. I know we talked to Luis Gonzalez and Mike Hayes, and they were like both like that's the one thing we're not worried about that he had a couple rough outings. But how great was it to see him go out there and not just be good in his last start, but to be just thoroughly dominant? Yeah, that's always that's always good to see. I mean, I think you know um, when, when you have pitchers that are as elite as Zach and have. The, the types of pitches Zach has that eventually it's going to turn and it's great to turn early. And, and I think just the, just seeing him rely on that curveball and getting tons of swings and misses on it, it's really, and, you know, and he had the fastball command. And I think like, is it, you know, there, there are days last year where his fastball velo was, was touching 96 and he's not there right now. I'm sure he's going to creep his way up, but, it, the command is most important, and he's you know he's sitting in that ninety two ninety four range, commanding his fastball, putting it where he wants, and then and then introducing that curveball and cutter and um, and changeup, and you know he's got so many good pitches. He it's so hard to face hitters are hitters are guessing against him when he throws when he can command the baseball. He's he's as good of any, as good of a pitcher as anybody in the league. Do you think right now, Amiel, that Tori has embraced the manufacturing of runs to the degree in which we might see this team continue to develop that part of their game? Yeah, I mean, I think it just depends on who's on base, right? Like, we look at our lineup, and um, I, I think Tori loves it, loves the ability that anybody on that, any, almost anybody in our lineup can run, can steal a base. Um, we have very good um, we have guys that, that are very good at bunting. Um, we, you know, and, and so we're not, we've said this all along. We're just not the team that's going to out slug somebody. We're, we're, we, we can clip, you know, as we saw, I think it was on Friday night where Longoria and Corbin went back to back. We can clip guys, but, um, you know, this is a team that, you know, when you get on base, we're going to make things happen. And we just, you know, we have to work. We have to continue to work on getting on base. And I think that's, that's an area of focus. Like, you know, we, we, we probably need to, there are days where um, we need to grind at bats a little bit more. Um, But this team offensively, they know they're never out of a game because when they get on base, they're going to make stuff happen. And then, you know, like we saw in the Padres game, the pitchers then are on their heels and that's what we want. Tori said last night after the game that he gets uh, kind of nervous in the in the dugout when he has a pitcher throwing a no hitter like Merrill Kelly was, but knowing that pitch count's getting so high, he's going to have to take him out at some point. What, what what is it like for you watching a game like that where you you know if he keeps going, he's probably going to get pulled with a no hitter, but obviously you don't want him giving up any hits either. Yeah, I mean we have all the faith in Tori, and Tori, Tori makes that decision based on um, you know medical and. Um, how, how, how much, um, he can go. And obviously there are going to be times throughout the year where, um, 
you know, when it's a little bit deeper in the year where they're going to get the opportunity to go a little bit deeper than they would at the beginning of the year. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you want them to throw a no hitter, you know, it, it's, it's probably not the right thing for them to do to extend them to 120, 130 pitches this early in the season. Um, so it's, it you know, it would be great if they go seven innings with no hit and we have a, a team-based no-hitter. Um, it didn't happen. You know, you're 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 still rooting for it to happen. It didn't happen last night. I'm sure we're gonna. Um, I hope we'll be in that position again because our pitchers are. You know, we have some really good pitchers that can pitch efficiently too. So, um, you know, unfortunately, um, it didn't it didn't land the way we wanted to, but. Um, you know, we knew we had all the faith that Tory would make the right decision too. Oh, Amiel, I am in the danger zone on this team right now. I love this team. <laughs> I love watching you guys play these young guys as well, trying to make their way. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks, Amiel. We appreciate it. That's uh, it's Amiel Sade, D-backs senior vice president, assistant GM, joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. D-backs getting set to take on the Brewers for the rubber match of that three-game series this afternoon in about 40 minutes. Coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.